Jesus calls us to take up our cross and follow him. You're listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities, and it is our aim to lead you to the cross through the teaching of God's Word. Palestine became a British protectorate. It became a mandatory, basically, geographic area. Palestine did not exist as a nation under the Turks. Palestine did not exist as a nation under the Mamluks. They did not exist as a nation under the Crusaders. They did not exist as a nation under the Muslims. They did not exist as a nation from the time of 132 AD all the way up until the time of the Muslims in 622 AD. Palestine was a geographical area. It was not a country. It was never a country. And it never had a people that was indigenous to it except for the Jews. The Jews have been there since 2000 BC, since the time of Abraham, okay? So when you get to the 20th century, what takes place is from 1922 all the way up until 1947, the British are in control of Palestine and they're ruling it as a mandate. And one of the things that took place in 1922 is what's called the Balfour Declaration. And it was a promise to the Jews that Great Britain was going to set up a homeland for the nation of Israel. That homeland included all of Jordan. So it included all of what's presently Palestine, parts of Syria, parts of Lebanon, and all of Jordan. And that was the original mandate. Well, later on, they carved some of that off and they came up with Transjordan, and that became the kingdom of Jordan. Uh, is what it is today. And so Israel lost, a, 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 or the, the Jews lost a major portion of the land that was granted to them. And then by the time you get to 1947, where you have the UN mandate, that was never accepted by the Arabs. It was never accepted by the Arabs. It was accepted by the Jews. And so when you, when you see early maps of Israel, I should have, I'll, I'll do it next time, I'll put up maps. But when you see early maps of Israel, you have Gaza carved out, you have what's called the West Bank all carved out, and ma major portions of, you know, Israel is very small at that point, and the Jews accepted that. And then in 1948, what takes place is there is a warfare that takes place with, a, with all the Muslim nations that are around Israel coming in and trying to drive them in the sea. And it's at that point that a majority of the Arab population in Israel leaves and goes to Egypt and goes to Jordan and goes to Lebanon and goes to Syria. And that's where you get the Palestinian refugee camps. 
They've been there since 1948. And the reason that they are there is because all the Arabs in the region told them, we're going to wipe out the nation of Israel and we're going to give you their land. And so these people packed it up and left, left their land, and some of them owned land there. They packed it up and left their land while the Jews were asking them to stay. 3.3% of the Arab population stayed in Israel, and they are called Israelis. They're Israeli Arabs. 16.9% of the population packed it up and left and left their property there. And so when, when they left, Israel was like, okay, you left, there you go. At the same time that they left, from 1948 to 1967, you had probably about 600,000, 700,000 Palestinian Arabs. And by the way, during the British mandate, and even before that time, the Jews were called Palestinian Jews. And this is just in the histories. The Arabs called Jews Palestinian Jews. I can get you quotes on this. And so you had Palestinian Arabs and you had Palestinian Jews. There is no nation of Palestine at that time. It it didn't exist. It was a British mandate. And so it's a geographical area, but it was never a nation, okay? And so um, when the Palestinian Arabs left, there were about 600, 700,000 of them that ended up leaving the um, Arab nations around Israel expelled the Jewish populations and took their properties. And so that Jewish population came to Israel and that's what you call the Sephardic Jews. So you have Ashkenazi Jews, you have Sephardic Jews, Ashkenazi Jews are European Jews and Sephardic Jews are Middle Eastern Jews. And so they come from all these nations, Lebanon and Syria and and Iraq and Iran and Saudi Arabia and Jordan and Egypt, all these different places. They kicked them out of their lands and these people came with nothing to the land of Israel. And so it was about 600, 700,000 people. And so the Israelis are sitting there looking at this situation and going, you kicked out all these Jews, sent them to our country and we incorporated them in our country. All the Arabs left and they left with us asking them to stay, and they still left thinking that they could come back and take our land from us because we would be dead, and you want us to let them back in, and you won't incorporate them in your countries. And that, again, is why you still have Palestinian refugee camps. They, again, are in, well, they're not in Jordan anymore because the Jordanians expelled all of them because the the Palestinians and the Palestinian refugee camps tried to take over the nation of Jordan. In any case, the the Jews are sitting there looking at it and going, tit for tat, guys. We We had to bring in all these people and take care of them. And so we gave them what you left, basically. And you have taken all these people and you keep them in refugee camps because you don't want them in your population, and that continues to be the case. They don't want them in their, pop, in their population. Right now, one of the things that's, that's taken place is in Gaza, the people in Gaza, because there's a war going on, and one of the things, again, that the Israelis do when they, when they do warfare is they literally drop leaflets telling people, hey, we're going to bomb these areas, you need to get out. Meanwhile, Hamas, Uh, tells them that they need to stay. And it's because Hamas uses 
people for um, uh, shields, basically. So when you're, when you're looking at situations between Israel and Gaza specifically, and you read about Israel bombing a hospital, which they didn't do this last time, but you read about these things, or bombing a school, or bombing some apartment building. The reason that they're doing this is because Hamas is firing rockets from these buildings. And so it would be like they come in and take over Calvary Chapel and start firing rockets at somebody from Calvary Chapel. And the reason that they're doing that is to keep them from firing back because they would kill a bunch of people from Calvary Chapel, right? And so that's the, that's the motive behind it. It is why the Israelis have come up with um, specifically uh, radically targeted munitions. And so on, if, if you watch the warfare that takes place, you will, you will see um, situations where whole buildings are knocked down in the warfare. And so, so a, a plane comes in and, and shoots in a weapon, or you have artillery, and the whole building is just destroyed. In other instances, you'll see a situation where a floor of a building is taken out. And so the munition will come in, and it's designed to be localized so it doesn't take out the whole building. And it's because the Israelis know that they're firing in a place where there are civilians, and they want to keep the collateral damage down as much as possible. And so the, these guys are wizards at this kind of munition. And it's because they have to be, because they don't want to kill a bunch of civilians. And so when, when anybody ever comes along and starts talking about Israelis wiping out civilians, that's just, that's just ridiculous on the face of it, if you know anything about what's going on uh, with the Israelis uh, versus uh, what are called the Palestinians now. Actually, the term Palestinian for the um, Arab Palestinians was not even used until 1964. That is not what they called themselves. And so that happened when Russia, along with Egypt, came up with the PLO. And it was at that point that they started talking about, we are, we are the Palestinians, we have been oppressed, we have been you know, thrown out of our land, uh, the Israelis are occupiers. That's when that whole thing came in and it's propaganda that came from the PLO and frankly, Russia, frank, straight from Russia is where that came from. And so if you're into, we shouldn't do anything that has to do with the Russians, that would be a good idea in any case. Um, one of the points that I was making, though, is right now you have this situation going on in northern Gaza, on the northern Gazan Strip. It's in the city of Gaza. Um, and all the population has gone to the south, and the Egyptians will not let them into their country. They will not let them into their country. Gaza used to be ruled by the Egyptians. And so it wasn't until the 67 war when, uh, when uh, Israel fought with Egypt in that warfare, that Gaza and the West Bank were taken. And um, Egypt, was ne it was never an option. And actually, um, it wasn't just Gaza was, that was taken. It was the whole Sinai Peninsula that was taken by Israel. They came up right to, you know, they, they took Egyptian territory. The whole Sinai was Israeli all the way up until like 1977. And along with that was the Gaza Strip. 
And so that became Israeli territory at that point. They asked the Jordanians not to get involved, and the Jordanians did it anyway. And that's how Israel got what's called the West Bank. They called it Judea and Samaria. And so that's how they got that part of the land of Israel. And so the Palestinians are allowed to live in those areas. And Israel literally, you guys, supplies electricity and water and power to these people, okay? And so you gotta keep this in mind. So right now, what's happened is Israel has cut off gas, and when, I'm, when I was talking about power, that's what I'm talking about. They've cut off gas, and they've cut off water and electricity. They're turning the water off on and on, on and off with these guys, and what they're trying to do is keep, the, keep Gaza reeling so that, they can, so that they can take these guys out. They're, they're going to take them out. And so you, you, you have to understand the situation here. Why is Israel supplying power and gas and water to Gaza? Why? The Gazans have, have been under self-rule since 2005. So why is Israel supplying these things to them? And the reason is because Gaza does not build infrastructure. Gaza is ruled by Hamas, and what Hamas does with money is turns it into weapons and ways to attack Israel instead of turning it into gas. They can get gas from Egypt. Israel used to get gas from Egypt. They can get gas from Egypt. They can buy it from them. They can buy power from Egypt. They can buy water from Egypt, but they don't. It's supplied by Israel. And again, when you're, when you're looking at the, at the, at the situation that, you, that you've got going on there, it's, it's like crazy. You got, you got this whole group of people that are dependent on you literally for their life, for water in the Middle East. They're dependent on you for, for, for their life and they're lobbing rockets at you. That's a situation that we've got there. And so... Um, uh, you have a whole situation where a fence got put up and walls got put up around the West Bank and it was all, always because of terrorism that were coming from these areas. They're, they're, they're not trying to wipe out the Palestinians. If they were trying to do that, that would have been done a long time ago. It would have been done a long time ago. And so you need to temper what uh, you see on some of the news channels with that kind of information. Okay, when you're looking at land holds in Israel, as far as the Israeli, Israelis taking over the land, to the extent small Arab landholders in Palestine lost their land to Jews, it was the result of wealthy Arab families in Middle Eastern cities like Beirut and Damascus acquiring large tracts of land in Palestine and subsequently selling lands to the Jews. So that took place all under the Ottoman Empire and also under the British mandate. You had Jews who were going to the land of Israel and these large tracts were being sold to them. Mostly it was desert and swampland that, that were being sold to the Jews. I told you before that in 1948, when the mandate came about, or when the uh, nation of Israel came about, about 8.6% of the land was owned by Jews, 3.3% by Israeli Arabs. Those are the Arabs that stayed. 
while 16.9% had been abandoned by Arab owners who imprudently heeded the call from neighboring countries to get out of the way while the invading armies made short shrift of Israel. The rest of the land, over 70%, had been vested in the mandatory power, that, that whole British mandate, and accordingly reverted to the state of Israel as its legal heir. So 70% of the land of Israel that Israel gained in 1948 came from state-owned land. And so the state that owned it before Israel was Great Britain. It was, it was crown land. And so when Israel became a nation, Great Britain gave the land over to them at that point. And so that's a, you know, there's this whole thing where, you know, 95% of the land of Israel was owned by Arabs. That's a lie. It's a flat out lie. And only 5% was owned by Jews and the Jews took the rest. Nothing but a lie. Nothing but a lie. And all you got to do is go back and look at the, look at the records. Uh, before uh, Great Britain abandoned um, Palestine, Israel had bought up almost, in, in, just in purchases, Israel had bought up almost half of the land of Israel. There's only, there's only 5.4 um, million acres in the whole country of Israel, and Israel, the, the Israelis had um, bought up 2.3 million acres of the land. And so that is stuff that you can, again, find historically. And so again, this whole idea that the Israelis came in as conquerors and took over the lands uh, that were given to the Arabs and, and that kind of stuff is just nonsense, except for West Bank and Gaza. And what happened was they were attacked. And when, when you are attacked by another country, the same thing with the Golan Heights, Syria attacked Israel. And when you are attacked by another, uh, by another country and you come in and you conquer their territory, you have the right to keep the territory if you stink and want to. That's the way that, that, those are the rules of warfare, basically. And when right now, Israel does not own the Sinai Peninsula anymore because they traded that whole area back to Egypt for a peace treaty. And so again, when you're going through and you're looking at the history of Israel, what you have is a, is a situation where the Israelis are bending over backwards to try to be civil with their neighbors. And what ends up happening is they get attacked over and over and over again. We would not put up with this. Well, actually, I guess we would because we've been attacked over and over again by Iran lately through Iraqi sources. And so in any case, if we, had, if we had Mexico lobbing rockets into Southwest, the Southwest United States, and we're talking about thousand, over 10,000 rockets since Hamas took over in the Gaza Strip. If you, if you had that kind of attack against the nation of the United States, do you think that we'd put up with it? We wouldn't put up with that for, for days, much less years. That, that, that's crazy. And a lot of times when I'm looking at the nation of Israel, I'm just kind of blown away by how far they bend over backwards to put up with these people. In any case, that's kind of an overview historically of the land of Israel. The only people in Israel right now that are actually indigenous in the way that we term indigenous are the Israelis. They're the only people that are indigenous. 
They've been there since 2000 BC. Over 4,000 years they've been there. They've had a continuous presence there. They've had a nation. They're the only ones who have ever had a nation there in all of history. They're the only ones who have ever had a nation there. And so to come up with a whole idea that there was a Palestinian nation before the nation of Israel is not, it's just a lie. It's not historically accurate at all. There was a geographical area in, Turkey, in the Turkish Ottoman Empire that was called Palestine, as there was a geographical area named Syria. Syria didn't exist until after World War I. Lebanon didn't exist until after World War I. Jordan didn't exist until after World War I. And so, you know, again, you, you go through and you gotta get your history straight on these things. And then once you get your history straight, uh, you know, everything starts having, you know, kind of a different shade going on when you're, when you're looking at the things that are happening. Okay, um, that's all I'm gonna get to tonight. Next week, we're going to get into biblical interpretation. And this is all gonna fit in here, I promise. We're gonna get into biblical interpretation a little bit, and then we're gonna go right into the covenants because the covenants with Abraham are hugely important. I already gave you a preview. When God made covenants with Abraham, those covenants were number one, unconditional, that means you, you can't negate them. Literally nothing that the people of Abraham could do could stop God from keeping his covenant. The Mosaic covenant was conditional. It was conditional on their performance. The Abrahamic covenant was not. And so God made a covenant with Abraham that was unconditional. And we already read one of the passages that deals with that. It was a covenant that was going to last how long? forever. It never ends. And so, again, it's one of those reasons that you have a situation where God brings back the multitude of the Jews that are in other nations, and he makes Israel a nation, not just a geographical area of Palestine, but he makes Israel a nation again in the last days. And we're going we're gonna to cover that stuff. And then we'll get into, after we do that, then we'll get into some of the last day's stuff and what the Bible says about that, okay? So that's your outline for the next couple of weeks. All right, let's pray. We'll get you out of here. Thanks again, Lord, for the time together. Lord, we just pray, uh, well, we pray for Israel. And the, the Bible says that we're to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And God, we know that Jerusalem is a hot button issue in the last days and one of those things that is always going to be a real problem uh, for the nations that try to take it up according to Scripture. And Father, we pray for peace there. We pray for the people in Gaza that are innocent, that you would watch over them and protect them from Hamas as well as from the bombing that's uh, taken place with Israel. Lord, we pray for the people of Israel, the soldiers that are involved in this whole thing. We pray for their protection. And God, I just want to pray for judgment on Hamas. Those people, they need to be dealt with. And God, we know that you love them too. And God, we know that you can reach them. So we ask that you would do that. But we pray that you'd take this whole thing out. Make it right, Lord. And uh, we ask that you do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, one, one last thing I want to say is Israel is a secular nation. And many Israelis are atheists. And so I, don't, I never expect them to do everything right. But they do, the, do everything better than most of the nations on this planet. 
is what I've seen. But I don't expect them to always do everything right. They're a bunch of heathens, right? They need Jesus too. So God bless you. You've been listening to Crosswalk with Pastor Steve Winery. Crosswalk is the radio ministry of Calvary Chapel Tri-Cities in Kennewick, Washington. If you are interested in purchasing a copy of today's message or wanting to know more about what it means to follow Christ, then please contact our church office by phone at 509-736-2086. You can also look us up online at calvary-tricities.org. There you will find a wide variety of Pastor Steve's teachings to listen to or download for free. If you want to join us for church sometime, we are located at 10611 West Clearwater Avenue in Kennewick, Washington. Our Sunday morning service times are 7.30, 9.15, and 11 a.m. We also have Wednesday and Sunday evening services at 6.30 p.m. We hope you have been blessed today and join us again next time for Crosswalk.